You are listening to Nine People Before Twenty, a podcast chronicling our year of adventure. This is episode six for March twenty seventh, twenty sixteen. Hi, Kat. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, I had it's Easter. Yeah, it is Easter. Good thought. Yeah, I was a little bit sick earlier this week, but mm. I think I have recovered after uh, probably using too many tissues and cough drops. Um, and I owe my roommate now for that. So yeah, today's Easter. Uh, when did you stop believing in the Easter bunny? Okay. So I saw this question in our planning doc, which we have, by the way, surprise. And I can't think of a specific moment. I stopped believing in the Easter bunny. I think it was, I know like Santa Claus, I have a story for that, but we'll wait (laughs) until like the Christmas episode. Um, but with the Easter bunny, I don't know if I ever like believed that there was a rabbit. (sighs) Oh, That came into... I'm sure I did. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember having a moment of not believing it. But I have two older brothers. Oh. Uh, so, I mean, I know I never thought that the rabbit in the costume was the Easter Bunny. Oh, yeah, no, no. Because that was just slightly frightening. Can we just talk about how terrifying bunny costumes are? Those things are just... No, thank you. Those things why, are... Why do they exist? Awful. Oh, What about you? Did you? I know. I, it's just... It's oh. horrific. Those mm. teeth could stab you. They probably could. They probably use that as a murder weapon. You know, have you ever seen... It's like Monty Python, where um, the bunny comes out of the cave. Oh, and my it, God. Yes. It totally is. Oh. Uh, um, but I don't know. I think I probably stopped believing in the Easter Bunny uh, probably in, like, fifth grade. Um, mostly because... One night, or the night before Easter, I like threw carrots out on my patio, and I was like, "Oh, the bunny's gonna love it!" And then I came uh, out the next day, and the bunny had not eaten any of the carrots, and I, but I had, you know, Easter eggs everywhere, and I was like, "Oh, okay then," and just kind of <laughs> shattered all of my belief ever, all, all of, of your belief, dream, yep. in hope, in dreams, in the Easter bunny, in mercy, yeah. <laughs> mercy oh dear human spirit all of it oh that's that's sad see yeah. i don't have that moment i just i mean i do have um time see we never had like the easter bunny never hit our easter baskets mm-hmm. we had um because there are, i had three siblings so the four of us we would hide each each other's easter baskets and then put riddles and eggs and mm-hmm. so the one riddle the first riddle everyone would start with an egg and it would lead to the next egg in the next egg and then the final part would be your basket oh that's and cute some of them works better than others uh-huh like i like to think that mine were okay my brother uh joseph not i had two brothers so my my one brother he for whatever reason i was often assigned his mm-hmm. and he once hid my basket in the garden <laughs> like he buried it oh oh there was a trash bag, but the trash bag wasn't, like, tied or anything. Oh, no. So I pull out my basket, and it's got, like, worms and stuff in it. <laughs> it was, that was a fun Easter. Happy Easter. Here's some Happy worms. Happy Easter. Jesus rose from the dead, and so did this basket. <laughs> oh. Uh, did you say you had some research on the Easter bunny and its origins? Yeah, no, but, um, so I did a little research on, like, where the Easter bunny and the Easter eggs came from, because they really don't have a lot to do with uh jesus coming back from the dead uh or any of that fun stuff so sure. yeah and so i was looking it up and the easter bunny actually 
is thought to have like derived from um, a Anglo-Saxon myth. Um, and it's one of the pagan gods, Ostara. She was associated with the spring and was like a fertility goddess. And so she could change into a pet bird and then into a pet rabbit. And so the rabbit would bring brightly colored eggs, which the goddess gave to the children as gifts. And so from her name and then like the festival that they would put on for her every year, the pagan um, worshipers, uh, that kind of from there came the holiday of Easter. But then more of a Christian spin on it is that people say the eggs um, say that in the Mesopotamian Mesopotamian times, uh, they would dye the eggs um, red to symbolize the blood of Christ. And that the eggs were like round or I guess they're oval shaped. Maybe I don't know shapes. Um, They were oval shaped (laughs) to show like the stone being rolled away from the tomb to see that Jesus wasn't there. Really? They just wanted eggs in an excuse to talk about blood again. Basically. Yeah. That's one of their favorite things. Uh, We'll move on. Uh, Do you want to talk about what you did this week? Yeah. So this week I participated in a event um, that was going on at the university. It's called puzzle hunt. And basically what it was, was that over, so it actually, it went on last week and then it's going on also this week, but I have another, another puzzle hunt going on this week. So I kind of have to choose which one I'm going to end up doing. Um, But so it's, a, it's all online. So people, it's based from USC, but then people in like California or people in Japan, a lot of people all over the world participate, which I think is really cool. Uh, and it's a bunch of puzzles online that you have to solve. And each year it has a theme. Like last year it was Back to the Future. And then this year it was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And so we were spies with um, Slugworth's espionage division. And we were trying to help him get the recipe for Wonka's famous chocolate. And so each day, um, last week, like Monday through Friday was one of the characters from the movie. Like the first day was Augustus Gloop. And then Friday was Charlie. Cause he's the best. And Friday's the best. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, um, each day we had like a, a series of like five or six puzzles we had to solve. And then those puzzles, once you get all those answers, they help you solve another puzzle. And then all of the, so each day there's like one giant puzzle. And then once you combine all five of those giant puzzles, it helps you solve the biggest puzzle. And then the biggest puzzle helps you win. Um, And so it's actually really hard. Like, man, oh my God, I didn't think it was going to be this hard. But the first day we got four of the five puzzles done, which is, we were like, oh, this is going to be so easy. Like y'all are just going down. We're going to win this thing. And then the next day, we got two of the six puzzles done. And then I don't think we even tried any on Friday. We were just like, I can't emotionally handle it because we usually try to do them at like 3 a.m. when it's the only time we're all free. And so we're all exhausted <laughs> and it just has not been going well. Um, but it's really fun. I really enjoy like logic puzzles and trying to think things through. For for example, one of the the puzzles was, it was like a crossword puzzle and each of the answers had something to do with USC. And so I was like, oh, I got this because I'm like, I'm really good with USC trivia. So I wrote mm-hmm. down all the answers and tried to put them in the crossword puzzle and none of them fit. I was really mad. I was like, I know these are right, but none of them fit. And so I was trying to like translate them into different using different ciphers. 
Mm-hmm. And I had Googled one of the answers to see if it was working again or like to see if I had missed something and maybe, I don't know. So I was trying to double check and it brought me to the University of Southern California's page, which always happens because it's the worst. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, although, you know, South Carolina is the better of the SCs, just throwing that out there. Um, no, no comment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> And then I realized that all of the answers had to do with the University of Southern California instead of oh. South Carolina. It was the worst. I was so angry. So they're all <laughs> they all kind of have that kind of twist like that. And it's just been it's been really fun to try to work our way through. We ha- there's in total I think forty five puzzles, and we've done around twenty three, twenty four of them. Um, and then we are going to try to do another ten or eleven before the week's over, so we can get commemorative coins that they like engrave coins if you finish it um with the the theme and the like that you finished so i really want that because i like things um i need (laughs) i need something tangible to to show everyone that i did it and i can rub it in everyone's smug little faces oh god that makes me sound really awful i promise i'm not this awful (laughs) person abby holderman i like things i like to rub them in people's faces uh but yeah that was that was my week um and actually most of this week also what about you what what did you do last week so i um came upon like about halfway through the week i told you i was a little bit ill um and i realized i hadn't done anything new it was maybe thursday no it was friday and i decided to go out and look for a bookstore because there was this book that i was trying to find and Barnes Noble didn't have it and I didn't really want to order it online. So when I went, I went out to find another bookstore, couldn't find it, but Reading, uh, which is where I go to school, they have a pagoda up on um, the mountain because where my school is located, it's the bottom of Mount Penn. Mm-hmm. And there's just a giant pagoda, which is, um, I, a pagoda is, I think, a traditional... I want to say Chinese building. Mm-hmm. It's the kind you, if you look it up, you'll recognize what it is. Yeah. And for whatever reason, Reading has one of these and it was used to make the, that terrible avatar film a few oh. years ago. Oh, that was not, not the blue people one. The, um, the last, remake of the, yeah. The, the last airbender um, one. Animated one. Yeah. The last uh, airbender version. And um, so this was like the place they used for that. So I'm like, should I watch that scene in the movie? Because I only watched the opening of that movie. Um, and then I was like, no. So I went to, I just decided to drive over to the pagoda, just like find it. I ended up getting really lost on my way back uh, oh. down the mountain, but it's okay. But I just went and I took a walk around and just explored a little bit, got lost in the woods, even oh. though not like, it shouldn't have been possible for me to get lost, but I'm just walking and I'm like, this isn't a trail. <laughs> I realized suddenly I'm like, I'm, I'm bending underneath trees mm-hmm. and Pennsylvania is very rocky. Like most of the most of the ground, like the way in South Carolina, it's so much like clay or dirt. Mm-hmm. In Pennsylvania, for whatever reason, it's just like rocks everywhere. And I wasn't wearing the appropriate shoes because I thought I was going to a bookstore. <laughs> so it was an interesting hike. It started raining, but it was which sounds like it's miserable because I'm like I wasn't wearing the right shoes. It was raining, but it was actually really nice because I just walked around without having to be anywhere or do anything. The actual pagoda was closed, so I just kind of oh. got to walk, like, like the, on um, Saturdays and Sundays that aren't Easter, Saturday, Sunday, you can actually get a tour of the pagoda, and there's a restaurant inside, so Ooh. I'll probably go back at some point. But I've been trying to get my friends to do this all school year, 
mm-hmm. and stuff has come up or they just don't feel like it or whatever, whatever, whatever. So I was like, I have a car on campus now. I was like, I'll just, I'll just go up there. Yeah. Um, because apparently it's too far to walk. Oh, boo. people tell me it's a few miles up a mountain. So mm-hmm. lame. I don't know. I'll try that another week. So that was my new thing this week. I also spent Easter with a different family than my own. I spent it with my roommate's family. So that was kind of another new experience was just seeing other people celebrate a holiday that I'm used to being at my family for. So just kind of a neat little different exposure thing. Mm -hmm. So that's um, exciting. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting, both, both things were very interesting in different ways. So do you want to go on to the, it's a wonderful week? Sure. Um, so I kind of, like, before we had started recording, I asked you about this because I wasn't entirely sure if I could spin this as something I was really into this week um, because we've been doing mostly media-type things. Um, but this week, I have been really into all things cooking, uh, except actually <laughs> cooking things. Um, I haven't – oh, wait, no. I did. I made mashed potatoes and mac and cheese on Friday. So I've been to all things cooking. Um, <laughs> For some reason, on Sunday, we started watching this show. It's called Cutthroat Kitchen. And it's like Chopped or like any kind of food show, except they have to prepare food while uh, other chefs try to sabotage you. And so they can use – everybody starts the game out with like $25,000. And you can bid on sabotages for other chefs. Like one um, sabotage was two chefs had to be on either end uh, of a seesaw. And so the top end of the seesaw or the top um, layer of their cooking area was their prep station. And then the bottom was the actual cooking station. And one of the chefs got mad um, and just like held on to the top of the thing. So the other chef couldn't get up or get down. And so her food was like burning and she was like, I need to get down. And he was really strong. So he was just holding on. He's like, I'm not going to do it. It was just, it's just so much fun. Everyone gets so angry at each other and they just yell. And I love when people yell at each other because it's, I just love, I love, <laughs> just really love I'm not a part of. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I did that. I've watched cooking shows and then I also, have you ever like looked up a recipe online? I mean, I'm sure you have, but you know how, yes, I yes. Have. <laughs> um, when you look a recipe up, how it's, you know, the recipe, you know, is usually at the bottom. And then the first like 400 words are just this random story about why the, the person who's writing the recipe decided they needed to make this food. And of it's course. Always, it's always the worst. And I'm like, I don't want to read this. I just want to learn how to make the food. <laughs> but, but I was looking at how to make all these different dishes because I was feeling really adventurous with myself. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be a mature adult and buy food and cook myself things. Um, Do you have, cooking uh, a kitchen a cooking space a a kitchen in your dorm yeah well we do um but I bought mac and cheese on Monday to see if I could like how long it was going to take me to make and I put it it was one of the ones that you put in the oven and you let it bake and it's all delicious and and wonderful um but I I tried and it's supposed to take no more than like an hour and 20 minutes or so and it took me four hours to cook (laughs) um because yeah because not to prepare no, just to cook. Oh, because wow. the oven is so awful. So I did not. I like we have a kitchen, but it's just it's terrible and I hate it. And it's dirty and it's just nasty. So I was like, you know, in the future, 
if I get an apartment or something, I can cook and be all fancy. But I was trying to look up recipes and I was just reading these people's life stories that they decide to put in front of the recipes. And I don't need that. That's not <laughs> not what I need in my life. Do you have any especially good life stories that you read? Well, there was this one girl who was, it was like a recipe for ranch, like ranch sauce or ranch dipping dressing. I don't know what people call it. Um, and in like each line of the recipe, she would put this like quirky comment, like, look how white my hands are. I need to go out in the sun more. Or she was like, you know, when I was a child, my mom used to make this really good ranch dressing, uh, but she would never give me the recipe. So I've made it my life mission to make the the ranch just like she made it. And so Did she asked her mother. I, I don't think her mom would give her the recipe. I don't know. She <laughs> That's so bad. Of all the stuff she talked about, she did not actually mention asking her mom, so. Oh, okay. So it was a situation where it was like, her mother's on her deathbed, and she's like, just give me the recipe. She's like, no. <laughs> no, and then she <laughs> dies just to spite her, yeah. I would do that. But yeah, that was my, I, that was a very, ang- like, anger-filled, it's a wonderful <laughs> week. Um, You're like, I'm loving this. <laughs> so <laughs> that was. I would probably give that, like, a solid, I would give Cutthroat Kitchen Eight out of ten Peggy's. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, I would give online recipes, I would give them one and a half. No, not even one and a half. <laughs> a half of a Peggy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So. What about you? Oh, um, Please bring some, bring some happy, positive energy into this. Okay, so for my It's a Wonderful Week, I chose two things um, because I couldn't decide which one I liked more. So on... I think Friday night, my roommate and I were, we were both supposed to be working on lab reports or something, and naturally we got distracted, and I found uh, Dana Schwartz, someone I follow on Twitter, she's super funny, and I found out that she has another account, aside from Guy in Your MFA, which is fantastic if you've ever taken an English class in college or high school, really, and I found her account um, at Dystopian YA, and it's just, it's basically about all of the tropes in YA and, or in not just YA, in dystopian YA, mm-hmm. wherein just like the very broad things in this, like there's this one tweet that um, I really like, what is snow? A lot has changed in the future, including weather. <laughs> That's such a thing that happens in like YA dystopian. Uh-huh. Or like, I'm in love with you, okay? Anthem shouts, I love everything about you. I love you, girl who's reading this book. <laughs> I mean, Val. And that's exactly what the goal is. It's like you, the girl reading this book, you are the main character. Mm-hmm. Which that's not to say that like, why dystopian YA is bad. It's just there are a lot of tropes that have developed. And this Twitter pokes fun at all of them. I think that it's it's something to check out if you've read any YA dystopian mm-hmm. novels. Um, the link will be in the description. And my other thing is something that my friend Jules, who we mentioned on last week's show, and we'll talk about at the end of the show because she emailed us, um, suggested in her in one of her blog posts, um, she mentioned the web series um, Green Gables Fables, which is based on Anne of Green Gables. And I was sort of unsure about whether or not I liked it. And then I realized that I just kept on watching it. (laughs) And I marathoned through the entire series up to the point where it's at now. So I think I like it. (laughs) It's, Mm -hmm. It's a thing where, like, looking back, I think the main character they did a very accurate portrayal of her. Um, so that was why I was like, uh, because the main character can be hit or miss, I guess, depending on my mood, um, which you'll know if you've read Anne of Green Gables 
she's very eccentric and in the in the series she's like 16 whereas in the book series she starts off being like 11 oh yeah so it was slightly different to adjust to that um but i i enjoyed it i think for the peggy scale which i think i don't know i this has become slightly arbitrary but i think the y dystopia on the peggy scale i guess eight out of ten peggies and then i give green gables fables the same Mm-hmm. I think don't compare my Peggy scales from week to week. <laughs> That's true. They're kind of they, they know, they're like from week to week. We, which is why I don't know the scale. We got to work on this. So if you're listening to the show, or you have read, or are reading, or are looking at any of the things that we talked about, and it's a wonderful week, you can tweet at us at nineteen before twenty on Twitter, or email us uh, nineteen before twenty at gmail dot com. And both of those links are in the description of the podcast. Hooray. So this week we got our first email. Hooray. I promise I didn't coax her into emailing it. Maybe I did. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So our faithful listener, Jules, a.k.a. Mako, she emailed us. We, We say that you can email us about any subject. We definitely mean that. So we got this wonderful email from Jules about the Twilight gender swapped version which we haven't talked about on the show, but we're about to. So here's the email. I want to talk to you and your podcast listeners about some really important culture that everyone should be experiencing. Twilight. Also, life and death. If, In case you guys haven't heard, Stephanie Meyer pulled off the greatest literary heist in history by releasing the same story, only gender-swapped. She literally published gender-swapped fanfiction. It's honestly incredible. I'm working on a very close read of both books simultaneously about gender roles slash differences between the books, and it's super interesting. I'm just saying you should give it a try sometime. If you haven't read Twilight, you should. If you haven't read Life and Death, please do. No spoilers, but there's a section saying that not even The Rock would whistle at someone. Dwayne The The Rock Johnson is in the Twilight gender swap fanfiction book. XOXO, Jewel slash Mako. I haven't read Life and Death yet. I really want to because I've heard it's mostly from from Mako, that it's fantastic. (laughs) Um, Only from Mako, really. But the part with Dwayne The Rock Johnson... Uh, I actually saw someone that like tweeted at him or like tagged him in it or something. And he was like, Ooh, if I would whistle at them, they must be real attractive or something like that. So he, he knows he's in the book. So that's exciting. Um, I'm sure Dwayne, the rock Johnson is, that's one of his most proudest achievements, accomplishments that he's in. <laughs> Obviously. Like yeah. I think it's, it's an interesting, I think um, whether or not you should, or want to check out Twilight or Life and Death is kind of like I don't. It doesn't really matter so much. Like if you want to do it, if not, don't. But I think the idea of gender swapping the same book that's been criticized for misogyny or um, abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see what what does that look like when it's gender swapped. Like it can like like the relationship can be bad both ways. And I don't know because I haven't read the gender swap version. I read. Twilight a number of years ago. I don't remember it super well, but I think it would be super interesting to see the gender swap version and compare it. Like mm-hmm. what Mako is doing is she's going through and highlighting all of the differences, like page by page. So, she, so yeah, incredible. That's, that's going to be super thorough. Yeah. So I think we'll probably, maybe we'll have her on the show to talk about that later. But I was wondering when I read this, um, if you um, could, one of your, the books that you're reading now mm-hmm. or you've read before, 
if it would be gender swapped, what series would you want it to be? What series would you like to see gender swapped is what I'm asking. Okay, Sorry. there we go. Um, I, I think You're fine. I would, this is going to sound, this kind of almost a cop out, but I think it would be really interesting to have Harry Potter gender swapped mostly because, uh, it's kind of like, he's the golden boy and it's, you know, Hermione has such a small role, not a small role in the book, but like compared to, oh my God, this doesn't make it comparatively to Harry. Yes. Um, Hermione has such a small role. So I think it'd be interesting to see how all of it would be handled if Harry was a boy uh, or was a girl. Oh my God. Harriet. <laughs> um, yeah. If So like Harriet Potter, that would be an interesting Harriet Potter. And the, although, you know, it would be cool if it was, everything was gender swapped, except maybe Voldemort. Although it would, a female dictator, uh, evil dictator would be a awesome thing to explore i think it would also be cool if if voldemort was still the same so it might it could almost take on a different like relationship between the two between harriet and voldemort i think muggle cast um which is a harry potter podcast that i think most people probably have heard of they did i remember years ago when i had first started listening to them so maybe i was in like the seventh grade i don't know what year that was 2010 maybe they released an episode called harriet potter i think it was discussing this actually Mm -hmm. Um, like what how would the series be different so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to check that out again i think that would be i like what you're proposing i think it could be cool to to do the dynamics change does how does jk rowling handle the switching everything i don't think she would do this but i think it would be really cool to see her do this or to see her write it from like hermione's perspective or something yeah just like in any different perspective yeah um so what about you? Also, what? No, I think I would also, I think Harry Potter would be cool. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other series. Any, a lot of the like middle grade adventure series have a boy as the protagonist. I'm realizing this as I'm going through my head. Yeah. Um, if they're not romance focused, they're probably narrated. This is a broad statement to say. The ones that I'm thinking of, which I'm probably going to think of plenty more like narrated by girls but i think like the percy jackson series was big in middle school for me the pen dragon series i think i read like a lot of them have boys so i think any of them would be really interesting to see how does the author handle it mm-hmm. differently like how do they change it because i think one of the things that mako has been exploring in the life and death versus twilight is the way that the main character i forget his name um the bella character it's Bo, i think yeah it's Bo. Um, yeah i think the way that like his character changes and his friends change in order to make him male like i i don't think that he loves like jane austen which is one of bella's features in the books which i think it would have been cool to see him actually like be a reader mm-hmm. take on some i don't of those, know i have to talk to makeup yeah, about that, that. some of those characteristics so yeah i think that's our episode for this week yeah thanks for listening guys have a great week guys devil's episode everyone the devil he is speaking to us on this day this glorious day